This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, good morning. I'm Roshan Kanderson and welcome to Open for Business. Sweat Spa is a wellness spa whose journey started nine years ago. Now Sweat Spa has five outlets with its most recent one opening in Bukit Jalil just a few months ago. In a bid to grow this much, much bigger, Sweat Spa has also recently acquired their franchise license, something we're definitely going to be exploring in more detail. Today on Open for Business, you will learn about Sweat Spa's origin and growth story, how it markets itself and acquires customers and most importantly plans to leverage the new franchise license to accelerate its growth all this with Sabrina Tang founder of Sweat Spa Sabrina welcome to the show thank you Roshan thanks for having me here oh, it was a pleasure it was great to bump into you at Breakaway a few weeks back so thank you for introducing yourself and uh, yeah, uh, the minute you talked about the, the minute you mentioned the franchise license and how you've grown I'm like okay we've got to get you on the show soon oh, thank you um, so yeah, you discovered uh, Far Infrared Sauna or FIR Sauna after trying to find a solution uh, for your husband's health yes. concerns and uh, you started a business with that knowledge once you looked into it for yourself now whether or not this has health benefits or the range of health benefits is beyond my expertise. Uh, but what I do know is that not all solutions to our own problems can be built into successful businesses. It's been almost 10 years now since you opened your first sweat spa. Give us a sense for the growth of this venture. Um, okay, yeah, I must say that it's a, kind of a, quite a challenging um, nine or years in a business. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's not a easy when especially get into the um, so-called blue oceans uh, market that, mm-hmm. you know, back then, 10 years ago, nobody talked about that, you know. So to start a business that to set up a premises to allow people to come in and sweat. Yeah, so most of my friends was actually... Um, you know, laugh at me and say, you must be out of your mind, yeah, putting all your savings and start a business that it cost me a lot of money. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, um, move, moving forward, uh, I will say that it's very enriching and it's very fulfilling as well because, you know, I can see that there's um, a lot of demand. The ma- demands of the market has actually surged tremendously, mm. especially post-pandemic. Cool. Right. And we'll dive into all of that in just a bit. Give us a sense of, you know, I just want to find, you know, get a sense for how big this business is today. Where are you in terms of annual revenue? Uh, we are at the seven digit right now. Are we talking about low, mid, high seven digits? Um, mid, I would say, okay. So it's a sizable business. <laughs> yeah, it's a sizable business and there's still uh, lots of rooms for improvement, for growth as well. Yeah, and yes. now you're getting into franchising, which could see this revenue number grow quite significantly in time. Um, but given the current existing business, so you've got the BTC, which is the outlets and the sessions that you sell. You've also got the commercial solutions we talked about, I mentioned a little earlier. Um, with that in mind, give us a sense of what the the margins and the, the gross margins and the level of profitability of this business is. Okay, as you're talking about the um, service sector at the uh, retail outlet, we are looking at the gross margin of like, you know, close to about 60%. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's All quite right. capital intensive, I would presume. Um, the capital intensive is just at the startup, and uh, you know after that um, you do not have to worry about you know to replenish the stock. There is mm. no perishable. There is no inventory. Yeah, and the machine is like doing the job for you for mm-hmm. the next um, at least like ten to fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Yes, the rest is all just the you know uh, some labor costs uh, and your utility. Right. Yes. And um, 
are we talking in terms of like your EBITDA or net margins here? Are we talking about double digit margins here? Are we talking about low double digits, maybe a slightly higher double digits? Uh, I would say that um, recent year, we have actually registered a very healthy uh, double digit margin. Right, I presume that's the, uh, that's the extent of the answer I'm going to get for that. <laughs> okay. Um, now, while you have done well, and the business has grown, and it is profitable. Um, when you start a business, and as you mentioned earlier, so some of your friends were asking, what are you doing with your life? You've taken your life savings, you're putting into this business, what yes, are you doing? Yes, literally. Hindsight is 2020, Sabrina. Looking back, given how risky, not just this business, but business is in general, yeah. what gave you the confidence to embark on this journey and put all your savings at risk? Um, of course, I did quite a bit of uh, research uh, and also a survey before I really put in all my money, my life saving <laughs> to start up a business, right? Because it's like kind of like no turning back, you know? And I even have to I That's look one at way my, of putting it. <laughs> yeah, I even have to ask my husband, you know, if I lose everything, are you going to still support me <laughs> in that kind of a conversation? Yes. Um, actually, uh, that point of time that, you know, I can see there is um, a gap, you know, that uh, being a working mom, I definitely see that there's a need that for me to, who doesn't know that, you know, you need to exercise, you need to keep yourself well, you know, everybody is health conscious. But the thing here is I can see that, you know, uh, knowing is one thing, doing is another mm, thing. Mm. Yeah, you do, just do not have the energy and the time to push yourself right after a long day in the office. You know, by having um, this uh, so-called a passive way of sweating, it doesn't take up so much of your time and you are actually literally achieving everything under one roof. That you have a beauty, relaxation, recovery and as well as like overall well-being I really see that that is really a good opportunity yeah because it fit into my uh, lifestyle very well at that time back then when I was still a working mm. mom so therefore I believe there are many people like me out there who are looking for the solution like this so now that obviously that there is that that wellness feeling of it, right? The spa element of it, the relaxation of it. And when it comes to the health and medical benefits, I mean, I'm not here to play a doctor. So anyone who is looking into it should speak to your doctor about it before doing because there are health risks for yes. certain people uh, like myself. I have a heart condition, pacemaker. You've got to be very careful about these things. So yes. please do consult a doctor before looking into this. Um, did you test the market? Did you actually go out, do a survey, test the market who's willing to pay for this because spending your life savings I think you something around 500,000 ringgit was put into this business in the, yeah the half a million half yes. a million ringgit is no uh, yeah, joke yeah after working for almost about 20 years in corporate there you go so talk to me about the research that was done the market research that was done uh, I, I kind of thought to engage um, a research, a research uh, agency to do a research mm -hmm. at that time so what I did was actually my um, own research uh, I do desk research as like to check on uh, what is happening in the market and then where you know what are the um, alternative um, uh, solutions as available and as well as I talk to a lot of people you know uh, from various walk of life yes and to find out the need the pain point yes that's that's what I did now going into business as I mentioned earlier inherently risky right when did you know that this venture had a chance of success I would say that um, for the very first year itself yes yeah for the very first outlet we actually um, have a good ROI in just less than nine months. Can you imagine that I put in almost like so half payback, a million? The payback period was nine months. Yes, exactly. 
Yes, yes. But um, yeah, nevertheless, don't get too carried away. <laughs> I almost failed very badly as well for the, you know, in the second, third year. Yeah, because due to the uh, the equipment that we use is not like, you know, really meant for commercial. So the, the, the infrared machine um, that we use at that time actually does not perform. Uh-huh. Yes, the business uh, model was okay, but the hardware part that we were using was not really live up to its promise. So that actually put us down quite a fair bit. So another uh, wave that actually come to me to hit me was really during the pandemic lockdown. I think if I'm not mistaken, during the second lockdown. Yes, as you can see, we are always the first to close, the last mm. to open. Okay, I was telling myself, oh, am I going to survive this? <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, so during the lockdown, uh, like everybody else, I have plenty of time and all this. I did a lot of uh, research and then checking on what's happening and all this on the you know internet. And I found that, wow, this, um, there's one US brand that was actually uh, started almost the same time as me in Malaysia. That means like apple to apple comparison all right so we are all both struggling with two three hours for the last you know four five years and all this and um at one time i actually lost track of them and then uh during the lockdown i say hey maybe i'll just go in and check whether they're still around whether they still survive or what they're doing you know to fight with the pandemic too much shocking oh my god you know um they have actually grown to almost about 40 outlets mm. yes yeah, you know, with the um, with the pandemic uh, situation like this, yes, and they are adopting a franchise business model. All right, so that actually inspired me a lot. That I know, yes, this is it. This is the time. This is a good time. Sabrina, we'll explore that in a little bit. We've got to go into a few messages right now. Folks, I've been speaking with Sabrina Tang, founder of Sweat Spa. I'm Roshan Kanesin. You've been listening to Open for Business. We'll be back in just a bit. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Better Finance Management, BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by BossBolet.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan and this morning I've been speaking with Sabrina Tang, founder of Sweat Spa. Um, Sabrina, earlier we talked a little bit about um, what gave you the confidence to start this business. You invested your life savings when you started this out. Uh, you went from one outlet nine years ago, you've got five now. And you've gotten your franchising license after being inspired by a parallel business over in the US. Um, we'll get into the franchising part in just a little bit. Now, a big part of being able to, I guess, succeed in this business, especially if you're going to go the franchising route, is building brand. Yes. What strategies have you done over the last nine years to build your brand and your market? What marketing strategies have you done to build your brand and build your market presence? Okay, um, we have actually uh, spent a lot of um, efforts and money actually to build up on our marketing part and uh, we are still actively doing it online and offline. All right. So online, like, you know, um, digital marketing, um, you know, a lot of um, brand exposure on the billboard and also a lot of collaborations. And uh, for offline, um, another thing that is quite interesting is that, you know, the referral base is very, very strong. Yeah, so that literally saying that we do not need to spend a lot of money on the acquisition cost. So right now, our acquisition, acquisition cost has actually come down quite tremendously. 
after we have built a certain base of the customer. How much is acquisition cost? Uh, have acquisition cost come down by? Uh, our acquisition cost used to be close to about like um, fifty dollars. USD ringgit. Uh, no ringgit, ringgit, okay. ringgit, ringgit. Give me okay. a give me a slight uh, <laughs> heart attack. Just yeah, yeah, it's about fifty or ringgit. Yeah. So right now, with the you know, um, after we have es- es- established this, a lot of success story, you know, word of mouth spreading out and all this, um, a lot of uh, walk in that come to us uh, inquiry. Yeah. So now I would say that uh, yeah, it make it make things pretty much easier. Referral campaigns being the best performing channel for you. Yes, yes. I will say that uh, most of my outlet that uh, referral base come contribute to almost about forty one percent. Talk to us a little bit about your your funneling mechanisms and how you basically convert them over time. Uh, funneling. Uh, your marketing strategies, so from your lead acquisition to your final conversion, especially in the early days. Yeah. Because um, now, yes, you've built your referral base, but earlier on, how did you go about um, acquiring, building awareness and then acquiring those customers? Okay, when we first started, uh, our very first outlet uh, at BSC, all right, so we didn't even uh, know how to, I personally didn't even know how to do digital marketing, all right. <laughs> so we're very much depending on the walk-in customer because you're in a shopping mall, yeah. all right. So the curiosity and then also people is like, you know, wanted to try out something new because it's very experiential. So once you get into the uh, infrared sauna services, you actually will actually hook onto it, the mm. stickiness of it. All right. Yes. So that is actually very much depends on the flow of the traffic. But nevertheless, is that we cannot just depending on the catchment there. So we actually cast a bigger net to uh, to get more of the other awareness part to to a bigger geographical area, different demographic uh, by creating a more campaign and as well as also um, collaboration does help quite a fair bit. Yes, we have a referral from various industry, in, uh, you know, including some medical practitioner as well to the certain extent. Yes, and that actually um, bring the customer in and, uh, you know, started to be uh, engaged with us. Yeah, it's, it started off from the, our challenge is just like, uh, like what Malaysia belum cuba belum tahu. So if you come in and try it, yeah, that's it. Most of the job is already done. What's your yes. retention rate when someone uh, tries? Uh, our retention rate is quite good. I would say that um, almost about more than 65%. That's quite yes, decent. Yes. Uh, and, you know, you talked about the campaigns you started earlier on. Is there one in particular that really uh, was particularly successful that you can share with us? Okay. The uh, thing, we have um KOL campaign as well. We don't really like actively embark on KOL. And KOL is most of them actually, um, they come to us as a, started as a customer as well. Oh, we really? didn't even know they are KOL, some celebrity. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's a lot of organic posting like this that going viral and all this from there. People start to actually call in and make inquiry. So to me, um, yeah, this is the best success that, you know, literally that it doesn't come with the uh, advertising dollar. <laughs> And uh, as you've built your brand, you've uh, you know customer acquisition costs have come down for you. Um, how much do you focus on digital marketing versus traditional conventional marketing? 
Um, I would say that digital marketing right now, we actually um, also start to venture into uh, a lot of uh, different channels. Like you, for those days, we started off with only Metaverse like Facebook. Mm. Uh, now, we also go into the YouTube, SEO, you know, keyword search and uh, stuff like that. So um, since that, you know, we are embarking on the uh, franchise uh, business model, we need to really further strengthen it to also support our future franchisees. So yeah. We are not stinge on that, so we are still keep spending on the on the on the social media to create more awareness. Yeah, so on the average, we spend almost like um, uh, close to twenty uh, percent of our revenue mm. percentage in term in terms of percentage. Yeah, because ultimately, for your franchisees to be successful, um, yes, you have to provide support and guidance and all of that, but you need to have a very strong brand yes. and you need people to be aware of that. Um, going forward. Are you going to be spending more money on branding now that you're going to franchising? Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, because like you see, what we believe that um, we we really to make um, before we become successful, we have to make our franchises to really to make profit and be successful first. Mm. So therefore, the um, marketing campaign, the branding, and you know the all kinds of uh, support that has to come in very very strongly. We are not looking at like you know to make an immediate profit you know at the start mm-hmm. yeah but rather to hold their hand and make sure that they know how to do it make sure they have achieved a certain uh, success a success level then only we will actually um, look into other areas as well Right. I'll touch a little bit more on franchising in a in a bit uh, after the news bulletin, which is coming up in a few minutes. Uh, but you've also got another line of business, which is the commercial solutions arm. That's where you're either selling uh, individual cabins to people or you're helping other businesses build their own sauna business or adjacent ancillary lines as part of their wellness solution or something like that. Um, tell us a little bit about how big this business line is, how lucrative it is um, as a proportion of your business as well. Um this segment of business currently contribute to almost about I think thirty thirty or percent yeah of the overall business. Um, the percentage of it is um, much higher during the lockdown. Right. Yes, Obviously. because at that time we can't operate or retail. That is where like it become a lifesaver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I will say that um, yeah, now with the post pandemic, the service sector has gone up, but this segment has come down slightly. Mm-hmm. Yes, because people that, you know, with the mobility and all this, they have many other choices, you know. They also they can also come for the service. So the purchase of the infrared sauna for home use has actually come down slightly. Uh, but nevertheless, that there is a lot of still other demands of like wellness center, gym and all this that we they also see the infrared as a value added to complement their services. Yes. Was this always part of the plan to go into the B2B part or did it only come up because the pandemic came around? Uh, it has. We are always uh, kind of uh, passive because we do not actively promote it. But nevertheless, is that, you know, they see it as an opportunity and they actually come forward to us. Yeah. All right, Sabrina, we've got to go into the 10.30am news bulletin. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, the franchising model you'll be using, the role the retail side will play in the growth of your franchise business as well, and what else you're looking to drive growth in the longer term. Folks, I've been speaking with Sabrina Tang. She's the founder of Sweat Spa. I'm Roshan Kanesin. We're going into the news bulletin right now. We'll be back right after that here on Open for Business on BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. 
powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Rishan Kanesan and this morning I'm speaking with Sabrina Tang, founder of Sweat Spa. Earlier we got into the origin story behind this business, how they've built their brand and how they're looking to continue building brand going forward, as well as a little bit on their franchising business, which they just got started earlier this year. Um, Sabrina, going forward, between the retail-owned and operated outlets, your, uh, your official commercial solutions and franchising, where is your focus going to be? Franchising. Yeah, so I can see that for the next uh, two to three years, uh, franchising business will probably come up to almost about 80, 80 to 85% of a contribution to a total business. That's going to be a substantial amount and I'm presuming it's going to be a substantial amount of work. Now, with that in mind, like I mentioned, we were talking about earlier, brand is really, really important. Um, do your B2C or the retail side of the business, does it basically act as a showroom or a proof of concept for potential partners out there? Uh, actually, our showroom uh, serves uh, various purposes. Like you say, that uh, it's also um, to allow um, any new first trier to come in. It's like a paid sampling, mm. all right? Either they will stay on to continue to subscribe. Some of them has been with us for years. And some, they are just like thinking of to whether to try it out before they make a decision to have the unit for home use. And at the same time, it's also, you know, with our recent uh, revise of a CI and we have done up quite a nice um, uh, setup yeah, to showcase of a future franchise business uh, as a template. So whenever we have any uh, potential franchisee, we actually um, show them around, making a tour to actually let them understand the flow of the business and the look and feel of it. So in a, it's a way for potential partners to come and well, look and feel, as you just mentioned. Uh, and it's something that we've seen other uh, players do as well. A few weeks back, I spoke to uh, the uh, founder of Wetty Wet Wipes and OEM is a big part of their business. So Wetty Wet Wipes serves as a way for other brands out there to kind of see what they're doing and then they can then contract them to do similar things. Um, you received your franchise license about four months ago, if I have that correct. Yes. When did you... So we talked a bit earlier about when you decided, right? You saw a parallel business in the US mm -hmm. and you were like, that. they went from a few outlets to... I from three outlets to 48. To 48 and then, outlets. I think now the numbers keep, keep going. And you... That kind of scale, uh, franchise is a way, great way to go about it. Yes. Um, that's it. Franchising is easier said than done. Uh, that kind of growth and uh, revenue generation does come with its own set of troubles along the way. Yes. You've got to manage your franchisees. You've got to support them. You've got to provide them a way to make money. Uh, you've got to ensure that, and ultimately you have to ensure that they don't tarnish the brand you've created as well. Because they're going to be owning and they're going to be operating it on their own. You're not going to have direct control over them. Obviously, you'll have guidelines and SOPs, but you can't be everywhere uh, at all times. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing to, I guess, plan for this and manage the associated risks? Associated risks? Okay, I, I fully understand about all this before I venture into a franchise uh, process. All right, so um, we are actually uh, 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 strengthening on the, our audit um, system, that means to say we are going to have a regular uh, 
audit checking on them as not only to check but also to help to correct and to improve. You know, ultimately, we are looking at things constructively as to help them to grow better. That's one of the way to also to ensure our good branding so that it's a uh, consistency. All right. And we're providing a very good uh, system uh, uh, support for them as well as in like to come into the franchise business. It's not just about, you know, uh, uh, having equipment to run as a business, but it's the integrated business support, business system support like our integrated POS, our um, uh, CRM and uh, a lot of like, you know, mesh, uh, uh, the equipment that we use to monitor the progress of a customer, the, dyna- the, the the processing part of it. So, and as well as also, you know, to come up with the uh, a lot of uh, branding support. Yeah, this is what we're doing. And of course, other part is the legal contract mm-hmm. that um, we are actually uh, looking into every details of it. Yeah, so that, you know, this is everything that can ensure us on the right to be on the right track. Now, there are a few things on the franchisee part, a few concerns that typically come up, right? And just off the top of my head, I'm thinking, the first thing is, as you build your brand, are you going to be expecting the franchisees to contribute uh, in terms of payment towards how you go about your branding? Uh, okay, we are actually adopting a very, very uh, so-called like a common practice like most of the franchise mm-hmm. business is running. There will be um, monthly royalty charges, mm-hmm. a very reasonable, um, you know, fees that you are paying. Yeah, so that, you know, that it will contribute to your A&B support and a management fee support and etc. Yes. And, you know, with those fees, uh, what kind of guidance are you providing in terms of forecasting for revenue for someone who says, I want to open up a sweat spa outlet, um, but I need to know how much money I can make here? What are you telling them? Okay, yeah, when they first come to talk to us is that we are showing them um, a projection. Mm. All right, the projection is nothing like plug from the sky, but it's based on the on the average uh, performance outlet that we have. We are not even taking our best performance outlet to show it to them. Mm. Yeah, because we are showing them a realistic figure that is doable and as well as based on the market need. Mm. All right, so when you come to also like venue selections and all this, we are actually helping them along the way to actually to recce the place, to give them the criteria of you know how to go about on the setup. Uh, even at to that uh, early stage of that, then when they kickstart the business, then of course that you know we have our setup team to be there with them for at least about two two months to three months until they are really like you know hands on. Then only we will let their own team to run the business, and at the same time, yeah, we will actually have the uh, constant communication you know, with the owner, yeah, to actually uh, uh, do a check and balance. Mm -hmm. And um, KPI will be set as well. Yes, yeah. But the the KPI is actually, we are providing a lot of support to help them to actually to drive to that. Now, when you go about the franchise model, uh, individual incentives are going to change, right? Because it's no longer, you're not going as a group. Like Starbucks can have one Starbucks next to another because they're all ultimately owned by the same company. as particularly in the States, uh, where else with things like McDonald's or KFC, there's a certain geographical fencing that needs to be had. And also, um, the number of owned and operated outlets by the brand themselves is limited so that you don't compete with the, your new set of customers. Yes. You've got five outlets now. Are you going to maintain the five outlets so you don't compete and cannibalize the market for your franchisees? 
Uh, yes, we are going to maintain our current five outlet and we do not have any uh, big ambitious plan to grow our own outlet, you know. So most of the um, good promising area we are going to offer to the potential, fran potential franchisee first. And we are going for the geographical territory um, area of about five kilometer radius. Mm. That means to say within the five kilometers, there is no uh, competition with another outlet that coming to you. Um, now, Franchising is going to be a big part of your growth going forward. You said earlier, I think within the next five years, we expect it to be 80% of your business. Yes. Um, and I'm sure based on this, it's not going to end there, right? Franchising is not going to be the only thing that you do. Um, what else are you going to do to leverage this brand that you've created in terms of and drive growth going forward? Are you looking at newer markets? Are you looking at new products and services? What else are you looking at? Uh, okay, talking about, yes, uh, new product, yes, we, we are still uh, working with a lot of um, uh, product, like we need to add on more consumable products to, to help the franchisees to have a recurring income, yes, and as well as also some add-on services that uh, kind of like semi-automated, uh, uh, whatever services that we are going to add on to Sweat Spa uh, Future Outlet is uh, not so much of a labor-intensive. One thing that franchisees always like about Sweat Spa is because it is, um, you know, well, as with only like two or three staff, you can manage your whole entire business. Mm. Yes. So uh, this is actually the main direction we're going. And then as for the new market, yes, we are looking at, we have not even spread our wing out of Malaysia yet, you know, for franchise business that we are looking at, you know, to spread into the every corner of Malaysia if it's possible. <laughs> and uh, yes, and then for overseas market, we are looking at um, JV or, you know, to appoint dealer as well. There's a huge marketplace out there as well. As we come to a close in this conversation, um, let's talk a little bit about the longer term uh, picture here. Um, and I like to end my conversations with founders, with entrepreneurs, with asking a little bit about the exit strategy in the longer term. Um, are you looking? Are you leaning more towards an IPO in the longer term, or are you looking towards more business sale, acquisition, M and A, that sort of thing? I at this moment of time, if you ask me personally, I don't think I'm going to be uh, with to go to the directions of IPO. Yes, <laughs> okay, yeah, but we are IPO ready. Yes, so the exit for me, uh, I, I'm looking more towards the M and A, more acquisition. Mm. Yes. When you say IPO ready, what do you mean by that? Um, yeah, we whatever we do on the setup is uh, we we in compliance with that. All right, so. You know that one day there's an IPO company is going to really to look into us with the merging and all this, so we can actually uh, can fit into their compliance as well. So you've yes. basically begun with the end in mind. So it's like all your processes are up to standard, which is typically something uh, we don't see with early businesses. Yes, yes, yes. That's great exactly. to hear. Um, Sabrina, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Rosen. Thank you. Folks, I've been speaking with Sabrina Tang. She's the founder of Sweat Spa. I'm Roshan Kainasin. You've been listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBalay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.